It's missing the point. And the regular season of the NFL, for all its ups, for all its downs, has finally come to a close. There were some notable uh, deaths to uh, seasons this year. Joe Burrow went down. Uh, that was sad. Aaron Rodgers. I thought, you thought you were about to get real dark for a second. I was like, oh, shit. Who it was dark. Down? It was dark the day Joe Burrow went down. It, it was dark for the whole season, for the whole league. Um, Aaron Rodgers went down, which turned out I thought was good, but then turned out to be worse because he had more time to talk into microphones um, and get bodied by like tiny comedians on uh, late night shows. Um, I I didn't love the regular season. I thought the Bears were going to be better, and that's a big part of it. But also like just the general narratives like just weren't as good. Um, the good teams weren't as good as they were last season. The Chiefs got worse. The Bengals got worse. I mean, even before Burrow went down. Um, none of the plot lines we thought were, uh, were going to come true coming in really came true. Um, there isn't like a super lovable team in this playoffs. There's a lot of teams you can root against and it's like fun to root against. Like the Philadelphia Eagles are fun to root against because like their coach is way in over his head. They've made like, <laughs> like they made the most embarrassing final day <laughs> of like any, any team on Bobby. I mean, I know we're going to come on and talk about that, but on this note, um, I would love, and I didn't prep you guys at all for this just because I wanted to hear it off the cuff, but I would love to hear what your least favorite thing that happened this season is. Uh, Storyline, injury, whatever it is, um, not not related to your own team because we. I also do want to do a brief thing before we jump into the playoff previews where Bobby and I talk about the Patriots season and then you, uh, Mike, and Bobby talk about the Bears season and we don't get to defend our teams at all. And then we're going to talk about Bobby's team uh, to him um, during the playoff preview. But since his team made the playoffs, it's kind of hard to not let him go on them. So um, because our teams were bad, uh, we're going to get we're both going to get punished for it. But uh, Mike, what was your what was the thing that annoyed you the most about this season? The thing that you really wish didn't happen the way it did or, or something you could have changed? Yeah, so I, I think uh, for me, it was the utter lack of use of Bijan Robinson by the Atlanta Falcons and, and Arthur Smith. Uh, I promise you it has nothing to do with the fact that I had him on four fantasy teams and he fucked me in all of them. But we, uh, and, and when we were doing our, our preview show and our prediction show, we all had him as the offensive rookie of the year. Like we just, we know he has all the fundamentals to be that dual threat beast. And he averaged, I think at the end of this time, by the time the season ended, like 13 carries a game and four catches a game. Like, you know, you, you talked a lot about earlier in the year, actually midway through the year, DK, about how Jameer Gibbs, like you didn't get it. I, I, if I had not known about Bijan before the season, I would be saying the exact same thing about him because we hyped him up so much. And then he, they just, they didn't know how to fucking use him at all. Well, I mean, just use him would, would have been the solution. I think, just, you know, like just, try. just use him because it's not as if, I mean, the Jameer Gibbs thing I thought was a little bit different because you know, I, I saw them go get Monty in the offseason. I knew what he was capable of. Like, he had been a thousand-yard rusher for the Bears multiple times. I thought that was a perfect fit for that offense and the way that they were scheming culture-wise. I knew he was going to fit in perfectly. And I was like, wow, their backfield's sorted. Like, David Montgomery's great. They went to get and got Jameer Gibbs, and I'm like, that just seems like an embarrassment of riches, and I'm not entirely sure that system is going to accommodate him right off the bat. That turned out to be true. I'm sure he's going to, you know, I think that the, the touches next season are going to be like vastly in, in, in uh, different favor, but because it just of the talent level. But with Bijan, it was like, dude, you guys aren't doing anything else. You know, like you might as well right. do something, you know, like just try to get this guy involved, try to block for him, like try to make him a, a useful offensive weapon within the system. Or, or you know, it, it's not as if what you're doing is working. Um, Bobby, how, were you personally offended by the Bijan Robinson thing as, as much as Mike? I mean, I was confused by it, but I, I, I don't, it didn't have the kind of four horses of the apocalypse in the race that he did. Uh, I think I was less confused and more just kind of with the par for the course of that's where Arthur Smith is at this point. Dude, he, he might be the worst, uh, worst at drafting and utilizing skill position players I've ever seen. Like we can talk about Bill Belichick all we want with that wide receiver position, but for you to draft two prolific talents, bro. Like and, and we're talking two guys that like were seen as like the best at their position in years that we've seen. And Arthur Smith decides that his scheme is to use less skillful players 
with the ball and use those guys as decoys because that is something that is what what yeah i mean yeah, some some people just really like love the smell of their own farts you know they really believe their own bullshit and he i just right. like, he was like i'm the offensive guru that the internet has said i am for the last five years like you just watch like i'm gonna be this guy i'm gonna show everybody like this is gonna be how it works and it was especially disappointing for me because I really thought that the Atlanta Falcons, because of those additions, were going to be one of the more fun teams to watch. I, I waxed lyrical about them on our prediction show. It's one of the best parts of doing the prediction show is you sort of marry yourself to a few takes at the start of the year. And you're watching your, your takes go up and down like a stock. I think Bobby probably won the year on like early takes, even though we dominated his team so effortlessly in the actual prediction show. Um, like I just as far as like the narrative takes goes, like Bobby would Bobby was knocking him out of the park left, right, and center, especially the CJ Stroud one. Like he was just on board right away. Um, but yeah, Bob, what what was the thing that annoyed you the absolute most? What what really grinded your gears this year? Or what could if you could have changed something, or you know what what would it have been? Um, I, I think exactly. I think you already kind of touched on it, and that's coach smelling their own farts and liking the smell of it. I think it's one of the most annoying storylines I've seen in years. It's been happening for years and I can't fucking take it anymore, guys. I really fucking can't. Um, you know, it's it's just like, you just play fucking football. It's sometimes it's just like, I feel like they're all doing way too much. And it's like, we don't like, we don't need a Lamar Jackson. We have, you know, who have fucking Taylor Heineke. We don't need this. It's like, we have this scheme or we have, guys, you got to this point by coaching football you weren't cute offensive coordinators you weren't cute defensive coordinators like you schemed a great offensive defense applied it to the game and that's why you got to where you are did you I ever see that movie, um, did you ever see that movie the other guys where uh, it's got uh a, a whole plot line in it where like mark Wahlberg, uh mark Wahlberg and will ferrell are the main characters but then there's like two cops that are like straight out of the movies and they like just believe their own confidence like they're so confident in themselves that they eventually just jump off a building and die because they don't believe that they can like be actually harmed i think a lot of coaches do that in the nfl where they're like i trust me guys like i can solve all these problems with my genius right and i think it's i like, you could call it like doug peterson syndrome like peterson pulls off the philly special in the, in the super bowl and then like goes on a book tour about how smart he is you know and it's just and then you sort of see that like he then thinks or every coach that comes after him then is like i'm gonna be that guy i'm gonna be the guy that outsmarts bill belichick on the biggest day of the year or like whatever you know whatever series of of uh of dumb decisions that they actually make to get them in that to that point but that's a good transition because we are going to talk to mike about the patriots and uh and how they're looking in the off season talk at mike more accurately um we had a little bit of a of a, a back and forth about it already in the in the chat today, Bobby. I don't know if you saw that. I know you were you were like elbow deep in baby shit today, but the uh, the um, the fact of the matter is, I'm confused. I'm confused about where this the fan base is. Like, I'm confused about where the internet is and their opinion is on what the Patriots should do this coming off season. Because for me, it's just keep Bill Belichick as your coach. I just I don't see you getting a better football mind as the coach. Um, and get rid of him as the guy who keeps fucking up the personnel, you know, and, and keeps fucking up the coaching scheme and, and, uh, or the, you know, his, his actual staff, he always seems to make bad decisions on. So like that might, you could criticize him as a coach there, but as a GM, you got to obviously get rid of him. And they even asked him straight up, like, would you, would you get quit as the GM and, you know, stay on as the coach? And he was like, whatever helps the team get better. I don't know. Now, you can read into that in a multitude of ways, obviously, especially with a guy like Bill and how he is in in, in uh, press conferences. But Bobby, where do you stand on Mike's team? Would you keep Bill, fire him as a GM, or is this kind of pretty sexy coach offseason coming up? And I don't blame fans for for not want like for for wanting a new guy in there with the amount of available options this coming offseason. A lot of hot coordinators coming up. Um, you know, we talked about Vrabel for the Patriots and how he'd be like a culture fit right away because he played there. Um, there's the Jim Harbaugh just winning the, the you know, the biggest game of the college football calendar uh, last night and uh, immediately was already projected to get catapulted right back into the NFL and get another shot after his last tenure in, in San Francisco. So there is a lot of options out there. I just think like Bill Belichick and the Patriots, like you can make it work. Wait, he won one little slump. Like you can make it work. No. So. 
it, it, it's funny. We already talked about coaches smelling their own parts, man. If there's anyone, he has world, definitely been doing that this year. I, I agree. agree. <laughs> if there's anyone in the world that can do it, it's Bill Belichick. However, no matter who you are, no matter how smart you are, how beautiful you are, no matter what, the older you get, your farts start to smell a little bit. There's not much you can do about it. You know what I mean? Like you, you can smell like roses in your 20s and 30s, but when you get to your 70s, bro, those parts are going to be stinky eventually. So I, I just think it's it. It is time. Period. You know what I mean? It's time. Oh. Uh, I, I think he can be. He has, he's had more part. winning seasons than losing seasons in New England by like a lot. Still, yeah. yeah. Was I, I just think it's time, man. You know what I mean? It's the the voice is. He's won out. so many games. Yeah. You don't want to at least just let him get that record. You don't want to. You don't want to at least just in New England let him get become winning as coach ever. Like he didn't do enough. Like, are we that? Are we that? Like, uh, you know, footloose and fancy free in the world now? Is it? Is is it seriously this sort of uh, instant gratification? I want to win now. I want. You know, we can't let this guy have a send off. Become the winningest coach of all time, and it says New England Patriots next to his name every time that that record comes up. Witness witness that level of greatness in our lifetime, like. It, it this sort of internet culture now just like no i want the next thing i want the new thing like the the, the mics of the world are probably asking for right now and unfortunately he can't weigh in on this like don't you think there's something to that like the man's an institution yes but to a point man um when no matter how successful of a boss you are right this this goes for really all workplaces in my opinion you know you can have 10 years of you know record sales man but if you have four or five years where your sales are going down your team sales go down this goes down and all of a sudden your bosses are sitting there for like five years they're like bro what's up you're like but but what about okay, glenn gary other- glenn ross over here is firing bill belichick <laughs> well i'm just saying like it, it the writing's on the wall you know what i mean like listen yes they there, there could be a situation where maybe he takes less power i don't know what the case is but like as is currently constituted I don't see a way the Patriots build that build out of that hole with him running the show like he is. You know what I mean? So, so something needs to change. Easiest thing to do and like the least painful for pretty much all parties, in my opinion, is just to clean cut it, right? I mean, I you BK, can, can I do whatever you want. Okay, one one more just, question for Bob. I'll let you leave. <laughs> um, who 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 comes in to replace him for you? Brable. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. It's very well, bro. It's it's the same. Listen, you you want you want your culture back, right? You want that Patriot way back. Yeah, but and, didn't him and, and Bill like not even be, get along? Like they wouldn't it be a different Patriot way? You want to be able to connect with that younger crowd, man. You want to be able to connect with these guys, and if there's someone out there that can do it, they can still personify what you were as a franchise for like thirty years. That's the guy. I that's, guess. I might, mean, it just. I, I guess there is. There is a sort of a Cinderella nature to to the connection of of them and Rabel and like you know, the the overwhelming opinion on the internet today seemed to be like, oh my god, the Titans fucked up so hard. Like they're not going to be able to like replace that guy. He's going to go to New England. It's a match made in heaven. It's all perfect. Blah 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 blah. I just. I don't know. It's just like the kind of football I was seeing out of Tennessee the last couple of seasons. I wouldn't want anywhere near my football team right now. But I mean, yeah, like there's sometimes is some some serendipity in that. Mike, is that what you want to have happen? Well, uh, no. Go I'm gonna honor. I'm gonna honor the spirit of the arrangement that you just hit me with, and I'm just. I just want to. I just want to throw out some just a fact for you, and then I want to. I want to hear what, what you have to say about it. In six of the seasons that Bill Belichick has been the head coach of the Patriots, that Tom Brady was not the starting quarterback. The Patriots have lost nine games or more in four out of those seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, that's not great. It's not ideal. <laughs> um, but he also won you six Super Bowls. And like correlation isn't necessarily causation. Like I, I understand that the, the idea is like now that Tom Brady went somewhere else and won a Super Bowl, he was the real brains, of the operation. He's the reason they won six. But it's just, it just is more nuanced than that. It's just, it's the fact that they were together. It's like who he made Tom Brady into. Like the proof is in the pudding for what Bill Belichick has like already done. And I will be continually railing. And it's not even my team, but I do appreciate greatness and I know what I saw. And I will be continually railing against this very like black and white like internet theory that like it was Brady the whole time because of what happened after. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. That's not how, that's not how it goes. So for everything you said, you know, it's attached to the fact that but when Tom Brady was there, it's like, well, yeah, that was the majority of the fucking time. He also like drafted the guy and put him in the game and won all the fucking Super Bowls. Like, 
he still gets the credit, you know, like to me, like it, it's in, it's endemic of an already diseased part of the culture where we, we just decide to turn on people that have like their, their credibility and their legacy doesn't, doesn't build enough, you know, for, for, I just, I, and it doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't last as long as it should. I don't want to take any credibility away from him. I think everything that you say is true. He is, but the correlation for me is that he's, he's Popovich. He built something. It, it ran a long time, probably longer than most people thought it was going to. And then it's run its course. It's over. Should be over. I guess. Um, it's a little sad, though, don't you think? I, it's just like, I, you know, it's like, what do you have to do? What do you have to do around here to be fucking appreciated and being given a little time? Like, give him a little time. Give I, him a little I, time. Just, I just find it. I, I, can't, I can't share any sympathy for the guy that ran the goat out of town. Like, he, Are we sure he that's was, what happened? Yes, yes. He was made. Bill Belichick always said better to to cut someone a year early than a year late. And now we're all expected as fans to not do the same thing to him. We're. I think it would be more <laughs> that's a respectful. Very good point. Well said. It's, it's more <laughs> respectful to follow his edicts and just do the same thing. No, very good. I think we put a button on that. That was actually a very good point. Um, I I do think that now it probably is the time that in that case, uh, if you think about it from that perspective, but you know. You're the Pats fan, so I, I I defer to you. All right, tell me tell me all the ways the Bears are terrible. Uh, f- feel free to take as many swings as you can, but I would love to know what you guys would do because I like I said before, even the Packers game, I'm I'm out I'm out on the on the fields experiment. It's done. He's shown us who he is. It's sad. I like him. I wanted him to be good, but also this has to go and et cetera et cetera. So wh- where do you guys stand on on my team's bad season? I think you're one one addition on the defense uh, uh, away, and then for quarterback, my only thing would be: Are you comfortable uh, making the the assertion that you're going to give up on your on your Ohio State quarterback to turn to a USC quarterback? Yeah, I still don't buy into the idea that like where you know just because no good QBs have come <laughs> at school doesn't mean you shouldn't draft them. Like I just don't understand that. It's like mm. yeah, there's like more schools than there aren't. Of, t- of teams that like haven't produced a, a great NFL quarterback because like not that many have because there haven't been that many like it's hard to become and be a great NFL quarterback like look around the league like it's it's difficult to like hit the highs that we grew up with I think we might have been just in a very lucky era um when we were kids to be honest we had a lot of talent in the league but um but yeah I mean I just I, that doesn't apply I to me it's like until they do like they've never had one until they do, you know, every, that's true of every team. So it just, but I think, I, I think, doesn't Fields, bother I think Field is, I think the, the reason why I would say this is that if you look at the adversity that he's overcome in his first three years, uh, as, as a he hasn't overcome it though. Well, well, he <laughs> keeps losing games, <laughs> right? But I would say his level of play in the last seven weeks is the best that we've seen in his three years of being in the league. Right. And and the team responded that they, they, they went, what did they finish seven and 10? And they were what, two and seven or something like that at oh, one point four, in time? Oh, season? Four, oh, and four to start the season. Yeah. So I would say that that shows some grit. The only reason why I bring that up is because we've seen what, uh, what, what Caleb Williams is like when things aren't going his way. And are you worried that unless the situation is absolutely perfect in Chicago, it's going to have to be that. That he might just crater too, unless you unless you're going to tell me, I will. I wholeheartedly believe that this could be a solution. If you're bringing Jim Harbaugh, then you should go get Caleb Williams because Harbaugh knows how to coach college kids and develop quarterbacks. What do you think, Bob? Okay, so wait, hold on. Before you do this, I just want to punctuate this real quick. Are you definitely on your good microphone? No, like your little selection down there. He's actually sitting on it uh, to use as a as a chair. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> it says I am, yeah. Why is it not sound good? Sounds we like, don't know where it is. Just sounds like you're on your maybe like your laptop mic or something. It's fine. I can understand you. I just thought maybe the setting it clicked over or something. No, I think it's like it sounds good. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. There you go. Um. So yeah. So. I, I definitely was prepared to come into this telling you that you should stay with Fields. But the more I think about it, man, I think you're right. I think we've seen a few anomalies when it comes to Fields. We've seen, you know, spurts where he does look great. It doesn't look like he can win games. 
but we've also come to the conclusion that the bears are fantastic at tanking. And is it like that they're fantastic at tanking or their quarterback just can't pull the game out in the last second when he needs to, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a 50, 50 split there. And, and I think change of scenery could be game for him. Um, and at this point, man, Mike, you're right. Past seven weeks, it's been the best football we've seen from this dude, right? Is that enough to warrant picking up a fifth year option on this dude? Is that enough no. to warrant signing him to a big contract or do you sell high? So or you I, die on that I, contract, then you die on that contract. Like that's what that's what people have to understand is that contract that you're talking about, you're dead. Like that's it. Like you're like you're not gonna be able to trade that the more he proves that it wasn't a good idea to but, sign it. Uh, but remember, you can't. I don't think you can talk at this. Sorry, point time. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm very upset like, about that. I don't know why I backed myself into this corner. <laughs> the, the, the Bears have been living in this. Uh, let's not decide on the fifth year option of quarterbacks for like the last nine years. At some point in time, they have to buck the trend. And because it, the same thing's going to happen with Caleb Williams if, if he comes out in two years, if the team falls apart around him or if there's a catastrophic injury, they're going to be drafting another quarterback and the conversation is the same. When do they make the stance and say, you know what, fuck that. This is our guy. We're, we're, we're going to go out and we're going to get Marvin Harrison. Now he's, now, and now he's got Marvin Harrison and DJ Moore. We're going to get him a left tackle and a right guard. And we're going to figure it the fuck out. I think he holds on to the ball for too long. I think that I've seen him in situations. <laughs> you can't you know? talk. I'm asking Bobby. At least Bobby's on my team. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I just think the the risks of keeping him and how much it sets back your franchise outweighs the pros of just cutting bait, selling high on this dude, and and starting over at quarterback because you have your your pick of the litter at this point uh, of guys that you want. So like again, you, you know, say what you want about him, or you know, whatever the case, what you what you do, um, they get the guy that that they think that that fits their scheme perfect. You know what I mean? And and whoever that is, whoever it may be, you know, we've seen Fields can, but he doesn't all the time and it's possible that this guy could and i feel like three four years is 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 a pretty good sample side we're but, not talking but about but, but it's you know one year with, with a comp with a competent number one wide receiver i'm just going to end end with this so we That's can move true. on it's true the, That's like the last the last point the last time the bears had a quarterback start three straight season openers was jay cutler smoking jay jay cutler's was talented. I just want to put that. Yeah. Up. I just can want you to imagine? Say. Could you imagine if Justin Fields had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffries to throw to? I think he'd be fine. That was a, just I fine. thought that I enjoyed that yeah. offense. It was a he. You know why I I'm so worried about Bobby all the time is like how much Dak Prescott reminds me of Jay Cutler. Like how <laughs> like how and how like Bobby's like soul like looks and sounds when reacting to Dak Prescott sounds just like me from like 2000 five to like 2010 so you know it's that's just the way you know that's just the way it is with with those fucking guys um but he was talented i just want to put that out there uh he just didn't yeah. have when when the when the chips were down um okay moving on from the bears i would just like to say in a hypothetical situation <laughs> completely unrelated to the to the chicago bears um you have to have a great quarterback to win super bowls now and i think that there's at least one great quarterback good to great quarterback in every draft. He might not necessarily be the guy who gets picked first all the time, but I think what you have to do in a situation, like say, for example, maybe Chicago's in, hypothetically, not specific about the Bears. <laughs> I think you have to be 100% sure of the people that are making that decision, and I'm not 100% sure of the staff, and I think the most important thing to do this season is to, is to go out and get one of the great coaches that's available on the market and not stick with Eberflus, unfortunately. Um, that's the, actually the priority. And maybe you get rid of Ryan Poles, but uh, but you got to get the guy who makes the right decision with the number one overall pick, whatever that decision may be. So you have to put him in the right in the right position to succeed. Um, we can all armchair it for you know for like a million years, but realistically, like is Ryan Poles the guy to make the right decision? Because there is a right decision and a wrong decision. No one knows for sure what it is. We can all speculate, but we'll look back and be like, oh, if only they had done this. 
you know, that'll happen in, in, in three to five years. Or it'll be like, wow, it wasn't it great that they did this. Um, they're in a great spot right now because they fucking, uh, they fleeced the Panthers. They, I mean, they fleeced the Panthers. <laughs> they did. They did. them. crazy. So they need to turn that into Jason Tatum, you know, like it's, that's, yeah. that's just the most important thing. So, um, all right, well, we got some playoff uh, previews. That's the, the end of the sad round where we talk about our uh, bad teams and, and I'll start to talk myself into some shit coming into this, uh, into this off season. But, uh, Let's start with the Browns and the Texans. Super fun. Um, and, you know, we said last week that, uh, that the Texans getting in would be the funnest uh, outcome of, of this weekend. It's exactly what we asked for. We got it. Um, CJ Stroud looks, uh, looks the part. I love the fact that he's in the wild card game in his first season after the season he just had. And if he can go in there and even just look good against that Browns defense, uh, I'm thrilled. But also a winnable game for the Texans. Bob, a winnable game for the Texans in the wild card. Of this season, got to be the craziest storyline of the whole year. The real, the real, the real upside of this year is the Texans story. I have to, th- I have to think for you, right? I guess we lost Bob. Well, I, I would just say that if at the beginning of the season we were to talk, and I would, I were to tell you that uh, Deshaun Watson was going to get hurt and not, he was going to play like four games, and Nick Chubb was going to have a catastrophic knee injury. And the Browns are going to win 11 games on the back of fucking Joe Flacco. Like you, you when you like earlier in the show, when you were talking about how like there weren't a lot of, they're not a lot of likable teams. It sucks that two of them are playing each other in the opening, in the opening round, because one of them is going to have to leave. Right. I mean, I think this game, this has the potential to be uh, like the best game of the weekend. Cause yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns defense is good or has been good, but if, if this could be a shootout, and Flacco, I mean, we already saw what, him, what he and Amari Cooper do in a shootout. I think C.J. Stroud, though, if he can, if, if they can walk in, is is this game? Is it in Houston? It, yeah, it's at Houston. Yeah, Houston has because yeah, they won the division. So I'm I'm here for this, man. I I think uh, I I think C.J. Stroud's going to ball out. I, I love what the I love what Demico Ryan's that entire staff is doing, um, and. But the story of Flacco, though, like, Eli had two great postseason runs. It's not inconceivable that Flacco's going to have one more. It's pretty crazy, though. It's, like, way crazy. <laughs> Eli did. It, like, I mean, like, I do I do totally understand the comparison right away because they were identical. Like, po- they had identical postseason stories where it was essentially the quarterback that you would not grade on the great to elite scale, um, having a great to elite postseason right uh just for the listeners by the way it's just me and mike for the run it looks like bobby lost power there's a nor'easter in uh the northeast which is actually why they call it a nor'easter which is uh you know for those of you on the west coast yeah it is not true it is no it's actually because the the winds come in from the northeast that's what i'm saying northeast it's (laughs) it's like named after the fucking region though like nowhere else country nowhere else in the country says nor'easter so i'm just telling them it's north and east are the two root words of the weather system that you're experiencing. I'm just trying to be helpful, you argumentative dick. So here's, here's the long and short of it. I agree with you on, on many of the things you just said, and I'm excited about a few of the, of the points you made. So just to go through them chronologically, I absolutely agree. These are two the, the, these are the two best storylines of the NFL from a neutral perspective is Joe Flacco's comeback and uh, CJ Stroud's sort of, sort of breaking it. The, whoever gets to commentate this game, like, the, the storyline being this written for you, like the old guard, the new guard, like all that stuff just being so present uh, right there. It's a it's a five course meal for anyone doing that job this weekend. So I hope I hope they give it to a good team um, commentary team. That is, I hope it's not Romo. I'm I fucking think, I think it, to, to death of listening I, to that guy talk. It's he's so bad. I think it's the I think it's the NBC B team. Who's the NBC B team now? So it's not. So it's it, not, it won't. It's not it won't Collinsworth. It won't be Tariko and Collinsworth because I think they call the Peacock game uh, that's on Saturday night at, at eight. This is the four thirty game. So Collinsworth I, remains to me the best color guy in the, in yes. the NFL. Um, 100%. And it's stupid that they broke him and Al Michaels up. I don't know what happened there, but it's dumb. And uh, the Al Michaels Thursday night football games were just like not a way to let a man of that caliber like see out his final couple of years. Like those games are so bad. It was on a fucking Thursday. 
his fucking his his dance partner like he's got two left feet and he's just doing his best to carry him. It's just it's bad. It's a bad way to to see him go out. But Romo is all time bad. He's just I mean it's it's I like it's it's really gone downhill since he first came in. I think when he started it was like oh this is an interesting like fresh perspective. But I feel like he's been hitting his head on his way to work every day. Like it's crazy. I, I might, just feel I, I feel like. It, if he just sat there and and every single week for four now or five years, just said, "Oh, this is what they're going to do." Like we get tired of that too. Like he kind yeah, of, I agree with he, that. He, I kind of did, did the wrong thing. I kind of did. He did the wrong that. thing. He peaked way too fucking early, yeah. and then he had nothing left. Right. That's it. Just and like then, his NFL career. Yeah, like between, identical but, to his NFL career. <laughs> but like between him going, "Oh, Jim, I don't know," and then and have yeah. to listen to Dak go, "Here we go." Like I'm, I'm like I just hate every Cowboy quarterback for the last twenty I mean, years. I, and also like he's he's been he's been bitten by this uh, this curse that happens to commentators in in all sports where he gets a narrative into his head and he just tracks that narrative for the entire game and you're like, dude, that's like not how it's playing out anymore. <laughs> you have to be malleable here. Like that's like not what's happening. Like. You have to keep up with how the game's going. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and like, and something that always really annoys Leah, which I, she's like, you ever get osmosis annoyance? Like your, your oh, yeah. significant other is annoyed by something. They point it out to you and you're like, great, thanks. Now I'm annoyed by that too. But she, she always gets annoyed with like, like her and I can tell what's going on in the field with like the refs and the body language most of the time. But like, it always annoys her that the commentator isn't doing his job by being like, this is what the refs are saying. Or like, this is what, and like Romo has that ability to be like, okay, so I think this is what the, the penalty is going to be. And I think I saw yeah. it on this, on this like play. And when they're, they're just talking about something else while there's like shit going on in the game. I like her, there's a vein pops up in her head. I've never seen before. And it's, it's, I'm worried it's going to explode. I'm like, I know, I know. It's so frustrating. I get it. I get it. That's why red zone's good. Cause you don't really have to pay attention to the commentator, but um, all right, that was a long diatribe about the commentary teams. You're all wonderful, and and I'm I'm not jealous at all that you get paid to do what you do. So, um, yeah, I agree with a hundred percent that the, it's the best narrative game of the of the weekend. I'm it's the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend because I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Um, if Flacco did have that postseason run you're talking about, I do get why the comparisons to Manning are there, and also like he he's done it before, he's done it before, and like he doesn't look old. You know, and I nope. kind of don't hate his like uh, sort of nihilistic approach to like the the um, like involving himself in the narrative where they're like, Joe, this is pretty crazy, huh? And he keeps just kind of Belichicking it by being like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just here to do a job and I could I could be the dad of a lot of these guys that I made terrible mistakes in high school. I'm like, all right, Joe. It's <laughs> like I was wrapped it up, kids. <laughs> the like the I was the irony. I don't know if that's the right word. If if Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns were to eliminate Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, like that that's, was a lot has to happen for us to get right, there. right, right, right. I know, I know, uh, but like that's there, that's there. Yeah, I mean that would be great. I would be rooting for that outcome. Uh, to be honest with you, in that situation. Um, okay, another really juicy one uh, that I'm really looking forward to feels like less of a heavyweight clash than it we maybe would have expected it to, but. Dolphins and Chiefs are playing in the wild card weekend. Um, both teams that I think are, you know, probably in a lot of people's top five or six to likelihood to win the Super Bowl, and they're both wild card teams. So one of you know one of them these two fuckers has to go home, and they're both flawed, but also very capable of producing great moments. Teams, and I think going into this matchup, you'd have to think to yourself: Am I going to err on the side of Andy Reid's? playoff uh pedigree um up into a certain point uh, and Patrick Mahomes being the far and away best quarterback in the league and that taking you more farther in the postseason than really any other factor most of the time or is it just the fact that the Dolphins factually have way more weapons and that old wisdom is the is is gonna is gonna see the light of day I am tending towards the former because I think Andy Reid has a lot of juicy tape to watch on how to beat the Dolphins over the last six weeks and I think he's going to see what's going wrong there. And it's a lot easier to see things and exploit it like in the postseason than it is to fix it um, on Mike McDaniel's side. Where, where do you stand on this, uh, this? This Where do you sink your teeth into this one? Yeah, I think if, if we were just looking at this at, at the beginning of the season, right, knowing what we, knowing what we thought we knew going into it, we'd say that, this, that the over-under for this game is going to be like 60, right? It's just going to be an offensive show. Uh, I think it's set at like 44. What we do know 
is that the the Kansas City defense is really good, but their offense is fucking terrible. It's not it's not Mahomes. Uh, their running backs are good. Kelsey's still Travis Kelsey, but now he's to the point he's a little bit older. He's at he's at Gronk's point where at at this age Gronk could not be your only option, right? We always like they always had Edelman when he's and then when he was in Tampa, obviously they had Evans and Godwin, but they don't have a, a one or a three to to complement Travis Kelsey. So I I honestly think that the, in in this instance, it's going to be the first team to score twenty points is going to win. I and I think that Miami defense is so suspect that they could. I mean, this could be uh, one of those t- times when we see uh, Mahomes go off because I hate betting against him in the playoffs, but. I've like, have you seen anything on their offense that would lead you to, to believe that they can keep up with Miami if it turns into a shootout? No. And also like they, they smack of like Tampa Bay in that last Brady year where there's like a lot of frustration. Like a lot of people are really mad at each other for like not doing their jobs. And the like very good and pedigreed uh, quarterback seems really pissed with a lot of his, his weapons. Like he's not hiding it very well. Say what you will about that. I'm not here to debate the merits of like, how loud or not loud Patrick Mahomes should be about how much it sucks to like throw to Kadarius Tony. But um, I do think that I do think that it's this is going to sound kind of douchey. And I hate usually when people say shit like this, but I sort of think it, it. It is a dereliction of duty to hand a quarterback of Patrick Mahomes' greatness, the the offense that you handed him this year. And like someone's got to fucking go for that. I don't. I don't think it should yep. be Andy Reid by any stretch of the no. imagination. But I, 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 somebody needs to get fucking fired for 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 signing off on that receiving core. Like with the 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 people need a head for that one because you get a very limited window of time with these guys. We're all a little spoiled because of the idea of uh, of Tom Brady fresh in our minds, going for a billion years, and then also Joe Flacco coming off the couch at seventy five years old to to apparently, according to you, go on a crazy offseason run, which would be fun. Um, I would probably rather the CJ Stroud run, to be honest. But um, but all that being said, uh, you know, you owe it to him and his what he's done for your organization to give him the tools to win. Like you just you just do. And I think it's I, I I'm sure you said almost that exact sentence verbatim in the last in the last couple of Brady years when he was in New England. I'm sure. And it it, yeah. it does piss you off. It, it it makes you mad when you're when you're looking at greatness not served, right? Yeah, but it does also feel like I'm just going to give uh, the front office of Kansas City the benefit of the doubt on this one because it, it does feel a lot like uh, the Green Green Bay last year, right? Like Dobbs was almost ready, but it was too early. Watson was almost ready, but it was too early. This year, like Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, I think they're almost there. They just needed a number one wide receiver on this squad. Like Juju caught uh, all season for less yards than... Amari Cooper caught in one game. But if he was still on the Chiefs, I think that this offense would be exponentially better because now Rasheed Rice is not going against your number one or number two. You're going to get guarded by your number three, right? I think they're just a year too early. I think Rasheed Rice, you can make that case for. I think Kadarius Tony needs to go. Yeah, he sucks, but <laughs> Justin Watson, good. Uh, they, they know Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, like they, he was a known com- uh, commodity and they, they brought him back. Yeah. So I think, I think they just needed more firepower th- this year because I do think Rice and Watson next year are going to, everyone's going to be like, is this the same fucking skill set, uh, you know, players? And I think they're just early. Yeah. And I also think that's like, it's not quite as simple as uh, their wide receivers suck, although that's probably 80% of it. It's also, I think they thought their running game was going to look a lot more explosive this year. I thought, I think they thought Pacheco was going to have a breakout year. And I'll admit, so did I. Like the way he ran at his rookie year. He looked different, like he looked special, and he just doesn't, I don't know, so he looks a little slower as he's not running the same way. He's had a decent season, don't get me wrong, but he was like RB1 like by a lot, and I think yeah. uh, I think they thought he was going to be like a little bit more explosive, um, and I think they thought their defense was going to play better, like more like they did in, in the first few weeks than they did in the last few, and I think, you know, obviously Jones holding out week one doesn't help, but like whatever, get your money, I think. I just think that defense, like, I think they maybe looked at them and overrated them a little bit coming into this season. So, like, a lot of things didn't really acquiesce for them. But 
all that could have been solved if you gave Patrick Mahomes like one more guy to throw to. You just know, one guy. Just one yeah. more guy to throw to. And, and to your point about Green Bay, I mean, it's a good one. How dumb is Aaron Rodgers for like, I mean, he's on a markedly worse Jets, Jets offense than the, than the Green Bay offense. Like the quarterback's better, but everybody else is worse. Like, yeah. I, you maybe this season you could make a case for Brees Hall over A.J. Dillon, but I, A.J. Dillon looked really good the last few weeks. I bet he has a better season than him next year. So, you know, it's like all this stuff this just plays out for the dumbest people, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. I, I, I would go – a lot of this is based on their last game in the, regu- in the regular season, but in this matchup I'd probably lean Miami thinking about it after this conversation. Where are you at? Everything – like I want to do that too, right? But everything that we've seen with Miami on the road this year, like they, I think, were they, were they one and seven on the road or two and six? It was, it was bad. They were particularly bad on the road. Yeah, bad, bad on the road, and it's uh, it's going to be negative two degrees uh, to, uh, on Saturday in Kansas City. I just, but the other like little storyline is this is Tyree Kill's revenge game. I don't think anyone's going to be more up for this game than he will be. And I also, you just really have to dump it off to him like two yards, you know, like for in the snow, people are just going to be slip sliding everywhere. They're not going to be able to come anywhere near him. Like he's going to be fine. He's such an athlete. He can run in those in that weather. Maybe he's used to it. He's used to it. it. And he's used to it. I was going to say like the whole the whole team might not be used to it, but he is. And he can play in that stadium. You know, like he's he might be the he might be the one guy that can unlock Arrowhead with wearing a different jersey. So that could be fun. I, I will. I will also keep my eye out for that. How funny would it be if the Packers beat the Cowboys? I mean, I'm, I think that's why Bobby uh, cut his own power because he didn't want to talk about the kind of honestly inevitable thing that's going to happen <laughs> like this weekend on Sunday at, in the in the afternoon game. I mean, dude, they're all, they're only seven and a half point favorites, and like I I really mean when I say only like that, that's because that of what they're like in the playoffs, right? <laughs> Not like that's why like it's because Dallas is like that in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they average, what, 40 points per game at home? And, I mean, this defense is good. I mean, I would say top five defense in the league. But I think Vegas knows what we all know is that can't move too much of the money on Dallas in the postseason. I think we have ourselves a matchup where Jordan Love doesn't know anything, right? He's never started a playoff game before. He's got nothing to lose. He's already playing with house money because the rest of the league was – kind of you know no no knock on you but was just like you in the at the beginning of the year saying they're gonna win you know six games they're not gonna make the playoffs and here they are they're they're eking in and yeah gilmore has been a fun story but do you think that dallas i mean bland and gilmore on dobbs and watson is gonna be fun all game long all game and if they get to a point where they have to stop the run micah parsons is amazing but he's he's not a run stopper He's, I mean, he, he's, he's a, he's a QB sacker, right? He's a, he's, he's a, he's a pass defender. I think you could be in a situation where this could be an Aaron, an Aaron Jones and, uh, what tells the other guy? AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon show. Like this, that could happen. Yeah, I guess it could. I, I think that like, I think that it would be funny and it would be like, wow, same old Dallas. But I, I, uh, I do think that they, they're a little bit better this year than, than they have been. I think that when they look not so good, um, it's it's a little less terrible <laughs> than than it has been in, in the past. My one worry is Mike McCarthy really showed me he can fuck up, like in that in that uh, Lions game. Like he really was like, "Oh, I can fuck up a game." You just watch this because he made inexplicable decisions, like inexplicable decisions that should have lost in the game if the refs didn't fucking bail them out, right? So, uh. That was disappointing to see that game end like that, and I hate narratives like that because it's like, well, I wish the the officials would just get it right because you know it's it's just it's not that hard. But I do think Dallas is probably going to win this game, and I have to in my heart yeah, root for them because I'm betting, but I'm betting the Packers. But I think Dallas is probably on value though. I would. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have to root for them because I can't root for the Packers to go anywhere and do anything uh, with success. But um. Also, how funny would it be? Another how funny would it be slate uh, on Sunday if the Steelers beat the Bills? Like a very beatable Bills team, um, a very flawed and very beatable Bills team coming up against a sort of revitalized and rejuvenated. Uh, it's a very similar narrative because 
they they're they're three and zero with Mason Rudolph as their starter. They've looked like one of the better teams, uh, albeit for three games. They're not on paper as talented as the Bills, but they're on paper more talented than they've shown this season. And their 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 skill players seem to finally be getting involved. I I mean, not throwing the ball to George Pickens for for whole games uh, across the whole first part of the season under Matt Canada, although that did also happen for the majority of the last game. But they at least won it. Um, you know, he's a great decoy. You got it. You got to still stay with him the entire time, <laughs> like because it'll still kill you at some point. But. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, no, just not throwing to the good guys, like not being able to block correctly for Najee Harris, like all this stuff that they seem to have sort of figured out. Um, there's a way that the Steelers get past the bills. This is not the Steelers of five weeks ago. I DK, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like coming in, like when we talked about doing the show yesterday, I was like, I'm all in on the, on the Steelers beating the bills. Yes. And then, and then. TJ Watt was ruled out. Yeah, obviously so, the biggest thing that like could have possibly happened to, to the Steelers. But it see it sounds like if he gets, I mean, it was a bad hyperextended knee. I did watch it happen in real time, but it sounds like if he gets if they get through this game, he's back for the rest of the playoffs, right? So do it for TJ. Yeah, board. But like if you think about it, right? Like all year this uh, this team, like the Steelers have won not because of their offense, because of, but because of their 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 defense, obviously, and, and their coaching. Now in this game, there's no T.J. Watt, there's no Quan Alexander, there's no Cole Holcomb, and there's no Micah Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah. Josh Allen should be able to... Right, but that's the thing, the- though, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> the, it was always going to be that the Bills needed to come in and, and underperform. It was always going to be that, because if the Bills came into this game, no matter how healthy the Steelers were and played to the best of their ability and played, like, if they looked the, like the best that they have this year, they were always going to win the game. So it was always going to come down to is are they going to do that? But I also think that Tomlin is a savvy enough coach where he realizes that the way you beat the Buffalo Bills, because we all realize it, we all fucking realize it, you don't actually have to be that savvy of a coach, is to put Josh Allen in situations where he's going to start making mistakes. And I think two things are becoming true, truer and truer about that Bills team. And one is it's easier than it used to be to put him in those positions. Yep. And two, the mistakes are getting worse. When he gets into yep. those positions. Now, if you and I used to say this exact same fucking diatribe about Matt Stafford. I used to say the same shit because the Bears have always historically beat up on the fucking Lions. And I would be like, I don't know what you're worried about, Matt Stafford. I said that whole run when he fucking he got all the way to the Super Bowl and won. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know why no one's blitzing him. I don't know why no one's blitzing him. I swear to God, he it was the most miraculous season of football I've ever seen in my life because nobody sent any extra guys after him for the, an entire fucking season. And, and a postseason run and a Super Bowl. It was crazy. Um, but then the next season, it's like, oh, you put a little pressure on him. He starts to make mistakes. He will, like Josh Allen, Josh Allen's a worse example of this, I think. He will ride, uh, rise with the tides of the game. So if the game starts yep. going against him, he'll get, he'll get put in quicksand. It's about, and I think that no coach does this better than Tomlin. It's about managing the narrative and the momentum of the game. And I think that Tomlin does that. I think he does that in games. I think he does that in seasons. I think he does that with the media, with his team. I think he's all about like, you know, strings on the puppet from from back here um, and letting things play out in certain ways uh, that that seem to benefit him almost every time. Like it's Machiavellian at this point. And I think I I think that he can really he's really going to go in there and fuck with Josh Allen. Like he's going to fuck with him so hard. And I'm going to really enjoy watching it. Will that be enough to win the game? I don't know. But I'm going to enjoy Mike Tomlin just fucking with Josh Allen as much as humanly possible because I think he thinks he's a mental midget. And I think he might be right. He is. <laughs> he is. Look, there are two coaches in the NFL right now that, that know how to play Josh Allen better than anybody else. Mike Tomlin is Bill Belichick. They both do the same thing on defense. They rush a defender exactly. from, uh, fr- from the left to flush him out to the left and they put a spy on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Allen freaks the fuck out. He runs to his left and he throws to his right and pick. Yeah. Every single yeah. time. Especially and- as the as the field starts to shrink, because he'll even go three, four, five plays. He'll bust out like a 10 to 15 yard play or a long pass to digs or like something like yep. that. Belichick's also like a, a big proponent of the simple truth that like if they have a guy like Stefan Diggs, you put two guys on him. And like a lot of coaches don't seem to want to do shit like that anymore <laughs> in the NFL. It's very strange. It's like, well, I just double him. <laughs> it's like, well, just going to double him. Like, you go underneath, you go up top and just, like, stay on his route. Like, there's that famous clip of him talking to Ocho Cinco. He's like, I hope you uh, weren't planning on doing anything today because we're doubling you. <laughs> we're doubling you all day. 
and uh and it, it like he's like red eight five that's the call just so you know the call that's the that's the w and uh you're gonna have a long day on the beach today sir he's <laughs> like i'm not gonna right. be I mean, that's for sure nobody knew who gabe da- nobody knew who gabe davis was until the until the bills played the patriots last year and he put up like 180 yards because we just doubled fucking digs both times yeah and yeah. and but the steelers have a have obviously i'm gonna pick the steelers from this game great I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I, I think it's a great call. Um, and I think there probably is value in the bet if you uh, if you were that predisposed. Um, Rams yeah, Lions. Yeah, Rams Lions, I'm I'm the least interested in of all the playoff games uh this weekend. Really? Yeah, I think the Lions are gonna take it like pretty handily. I think people are gonna be surprised. Like I think that the way that these two teams are built, I think the Lions are gonna be too fast. I think they're gonna have too much. I think they're gonna hit them really fast, really early, and the Rams are not gonna know what to do. I Am, am I am I guilty of still underrating the Rams, Mike? It seems like people are kind of doing this, like, "Oh, you slept on the Rams thing," and it's like, I don't know if we did. I I don't know if we did. I I've seen them be really bad a lot of times this year, and I think still, like, yeah, I know they were Super Bowl champs a couple of years ago, and like you know, people wrote them off maybe a little too quickly, but I don't know. I feel like the Lions are are kind of built to beat this, built to win a, a wild card weekend at the very least. I also, but I also think that if there is a team that the moment could be too big for them, like their first time in, like it's the Lions, right? Because everything, the only reason- culture here now, I don't know. Yeah, but but in this particular game, you have the guy that you traded away to go with the Super Bowl coming back to Detroit. You have Sean McVay, who I do believe can outcoach Dan Campbell. I I love Dan Campbell. And the Lions defense is is really nothing to write home about. And especially with with, uh, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua. I mean, they're going to have their looks. And so it's going to be a matter of will Dan Campbell do what he did last week and and take unnecessary risks when he does not have to. I don't think it's going to come. I I because I think they're going to be up by so much that it's not going to matter really what risks he takes. Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes down to quarterback play. Like you said, like the narrative is true on both sides. It's they swap quarterbacks. So the only difference is. Fucking Stafford, I is he is he okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I don't know what the I don't know what the situation is at quarterback in in LA. Like I feel like it's very strange, and I I don't think he's the quarterback he was when he won the Super Bowl. And I yeah, he's got a lot of weapons to throw to. I I'm a huge fan of Puka Nakua and the whole narrative of his story um, this season. Cooper Cup's always been great, but. I don't know. I just, I, they just seem soft in the underbelly to me. And I think that again, like they're, they're going to try to go skill for skill with the Lions. And that's, those are the teams that the Lions beat. I was saying this about the, the Cowboys. Like I was like, if you just drag them into a fucking trench fight, I think you can win. But like the Cowboys are so reluctant to do that. They always, and I think it's a lot of this is Dak. They're, they just want to go have a shootout. They want to go, okay, corral with like all these teams. So like they get into these situations where games are maybe closer than they should be. And, you know, you put unnecessary pressure on your defense. But I think that the Lions, uh, are are a skilled team. They're they're. I've seen these teams style on the Rams this year. I think the Rams, if the Rams can get their foothold in a game, they can like wear you down. Shit, we just popped off another like ten to fifteen yarder to Puka. Like, you know, oh shit, they got us again over the middle. Oh, they gashed us here. I don't know. I don't think they're gonna have time to do that. I think the Lions are gonna come out. I think they look like they have uh, some mental fortitude, and I think Campbell is able to turn the sort of things that happened to them this season into positives. So. I, I've been the I've one, been on them all year, and I think that they're going to look really good. The one thing that's that you sh- that I take note of, right, is since the the week ten bye, they played so uh, many divisional games in that run. And I, you know, I said this too: is like they played so many divisional games, which are ultimate equalizers. Well, I'm I'm talking about the the Rams. Oh, so sorry. since so since the week ten bye, the Rams have averaged thirty points a game against against defenses like Cleveland, Baltimore, and San Francisco. The Lions don't have that. No, they don't. And so, their defense has definitely slumped over the past few weeks too. They they kind of got found out a little bit. I'll give you that. So, so I I would just like ask you who do you, like, if it, if this turns into just a shootout, who do you trust? Uh, Goff. Re- what? Yeah, of of the two QBs. Yeah, Goff. Like I I mean I just that's who I trust in this situation. We're just based on like what they've looked like this season, you know. Or I would maybe go. F- go one further probably campbell like i probably tr- I, think, I trust campbell in a shootout you know actually i think you i don't trust him in a shootout. You... that's the problem <laughs> that's actually his biggest fucking <laughs> biggest fucking drawback 
If you look at Stafford's stats, I think you'd actually be surprised at how good of a year he had. I had him on my fantasy team. He was fucking disappointing. <laughs> he was thoroughly, thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly disappointing uh, the whole year. So I don't agree with you that that's the case. In the league, they completely devalued quarterbacks and overemphasized defense as kickers. I don't think we devalued quarterbacks. I didn't take any points away from quarterbacks at all. I don't think you valued them as much as you should have. Well, you think I should have raised the value? Like changed the value? I don't think it would have helped. It wouldn't have helped me either way, dude. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm open to fucking notes. Nobody wanted to talk about it in the offseason. I just want to get pissed after you fucking do it and you tell everyone about it. <laughs> like, it's like everyone, I'm like, I'm here. I'm changing the rules. Anybody want to talk about it? No? Okay. And then everyone's like, what the fuck? Why'd you change the rules? I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, Stafford threw, for, Stafford threw for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 11 picks. They had a pretty, pretty good year. 25 touchdowns, 11 picks is not that good. With the, with the, especially with the receivers that he has. It's just not that good. Like, we're retiring in the, we're in the playoffs now. You know, I mean, like, yeah, but who's going to cover? Yeah, but who's, in, I mean, in his, in his uh, division, he go, he went against San Francisco twice and Seattle twice, all of which emphasize defense. That's right. A good- I don't like Detroit doesn't do that. I just think it when it's real like nut cutting time, I trust McVeigh more than I trust Dan Campbell. Yeah, I mean, McVeigh definitely is a better coach. So you're right about that. But I mean, if we're talking about if we're I mean, a pretty respectable line from golf too, with what you say is less weapons. 45, 75 yards, uh, 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 68% completion percentage. So, you know, I don't know. That those look like Possible playoff winning stats, possible Super Bowl quarterback stats, like borderline. I would, I would like a couple more touchdowns, but borderline, right? Especially this season. But if you're in the twenties with your TDs with those receivers, that seems crazy to me. That seems abnormally low. So that's what I'm saying. He was disappointing in fantasy. It's like he's not scoring. You got to score on these on this Lions team because I promise they'll score on you. I promise they're yeah. going to score on you. Like they they're going to. They know how to score touchdowns. This team just does. So. That's what I'm saying. Like the early hit, I think it, they might run out to an early lead. It's just the gut feeling. But you could be right. It's probably the game we've disagreed about the most. I'll, I'll concede the point. I concede the point about Campbell. He does make very fucking rash decisions. In, 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 it's like it might be an understatement. No. <laughs> but I do think he's built a culture there, don't you? Like I think that that is like a, a, an accomplishment of his. And I do think his players play for him and believe in him. Um, I, McVeigh, I, I think he, you know, McVeigh could. They, you know, they mortgage their future on some stuff. I don't know. I, I, I like, I like Dan Campbell. McFay's face kind of pisses me off, but I agree that he is a good coach. I think Campbell has built the culture of nobody respects you. Nobody th- thought you could be here. They think the moment's too big for you. Yeah, the the island of misfit toys. But now he's here. Yeah. And in a in a moment where he could have put the the Lions as as a number two seed and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just just kick the fucking field goal, just kick the field goal. You mean the, the second time? You mean the extra the, point? Yeah, the extra point. Like, but that just brings they, you to OT. Like, that's not like you know definitive. They got fucked in that game. You know, they, like I do agree I, that he made mistakes, but they got fucked. Like, well, then go to overtime and settle settle it again. You, you're gonna get the ball back, right? I, I mean, there's like a seventy five percent chance you're gonna get the ball back. No, I respect it. He's like, fuck it, we'll do it again. Fuck these <laughs> refs, we'll do it again. We'll fucking do it again. Let's go. I, I respect it, honestly. It's like, fuck it. We're winning this game. Or we're losing this game right now. Fuck these guys. I respect it. At least it's consistent. You know, at least he's not a fucking coward, right? At least he's going to go nope. over the top, you know, with his men. At least he's going to go in a fucking battle with his men. I think that a lot of times the playoffs come down to that. The Rams just have not looked the part to me. You know, may, maybe that's too ethereal. They just have not fucking looked the part to me. I think that they, I think they're, they're imagine those receivers on Kansas City. Imagine oh. those receivers on Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes has six I was, touchdowns. I was advocating <laughs> 60 for fucking Cooper touchdowns, Cup. not 20. He would have fucking 60. <laughs> I was advocating for Cooper Cup to be traded to Kansas City like week four. Because uh, I felt like I, after the emergence of Puka, but there can't be a better transition to the team that you just don't like how they look to the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Dude, I've been saying that shit about the Eagles for the whole season. <laughs> Those motherfuckers, yep. none of their wins look convincing. Not a fucking one of them. And then they dropped that fucking duck to that Jets team where they made that Jets defense look like the 85 Bears. Like they were just like, and then just the terrible pick, all this speculation about Jalen Hurts. Like, is he hurt? 
you know, does he have a hairline fracture somewhere? It looks weird. The coordinators are different. Are they as good? What, you know, is now, now finally, because he cracked up, he fully, Nick Sirianni fully cracked up in front of our eyes, right? With no one there to like fucking Sean McVay pull his ass in from the fucking, from the cold. No one giving him advice. Like, how has he driven all the good advice givers away? No one there to be like, dude, whether you're right or you're wrong about what you're saying, it, this is how it's going to play. Because a, a, a first-year publicist could tell you that, right? It's just, he's like, what? I, I, I answered the fucking question already. And I'm like, dude, this is what they want. They're a pit of sharks. Do not give them what they want. <laughs> the fucking media room. I bet all their fucking dicks got hard when he started to crack up. Like, they're like, oh, my God, soundbite. This is going to be a fucking great Oh, day. yeah. And I think, uh, I think Nick Sirianni, like, absolute dereliction of duty hiring Matt Patricia and bringing him anywhere near your football organization. Absolute dereliction of duty every time it happens. I can't believe it still does. It's insane to me. I like, what, what Epstein list does he have that he keeps getting fucking ducked? <laughs> I have no, I, it's baffling to me. Baffling. Um. But yet they haven't they hadn't looked convincing up until the Morgan wheels came off. The coach is in over his head. I think he if he was ever going to be a good coach, he wasn't ready yet. He wasn't fully baked in the oven. You need to leave him in there. He's got a soggy bottom. And I just think uh, I just think that's what's happening. And they're very talented. They're a very talented team. They could drop this game to the fucking Bucks though with how they've looked. Like dropping the fucking one seed in their division when they were it was like guys, it's fine. All you have to do is go play the Giants. All you have to do is go play the Giants. Like, there's maybe one or two teams, maybe, that you'd prefer to play than the fucking Giants in that situation. And they got fucked. They didn't just lose. They got bounced by the fucking Giants, right? Fuck out of here with that. Like, unbelievable. I bet the atmosphere in Philadelphia right now in the wintertime is just absolutely toxic. I bet there's fucking fistfights happening just everywhere, all over downtown Philly. You were 10 and 1, and now you're traveling to Tampa to play. (laughs) <laughs> on wild card weekend <laughs> that's so embarrassing <laughs> that's so embarrassing dude oh, with that by team, the way dude, that team's good that team in almost yeah. every position is strong they have the best offensive line of football by a good amount they have honestly i didn't think this was going to be the case but easily a top seven quarterback right at the, yeah. like at this point where he's playing well they've got a couple of guys and their receiving core that are both probably mentionable in the top 10. One definitely is. Um, and they've got a pretty adequate defense for what the kind of football that they want to play. They're big. They're strong. They're physical. They're, well, they're well-rounded football team. And they should not be losing the games they're losing. That's down to the fucking coaching. They will fire him, too. If he lays a fucking oh, egg yeah. in this game, they will fucking fire him. That's it. Um, they've, they've cut ties with better coaches than him. So, you they, know. They entered the season with the uh, the either the least or the second least player turnover from uh, year over year. And their defense went from being the top five defense to a, to a, a bottom five defense. Well, you know, that position. Super Bowl hangover maybe came, came, came and call it, you know, finally. They, they had some momentum at the start of the year. Maybe it happened strangely, but no team performs when they lose in the Super Bowl. It's like, it's so true. So true every I single mean, year. Would you, be, would you be surprised if, if Baker just has the game of his life and just fucking bounces them from the playoffs i i wouldn't be surprised if they were bouncing the playoffs i can't sit here and tell you that i ever believe baker mayfield would have like a good game like even his good games <laughs> this year were like okay uh i guess he won that <laughs> like yeah i guess we give that credit to baker no i mean he's not good uh at football he's gonna be like a uh i can see him becoming like a ryan fitzpatrick figure i think that the, there's a whole in the league for a Ryan Fitzpatrick figure, like long term, but like I don't know if you're the like, Buccaneers, like nine teams in twelve years. Yeah, but like you know, he has a fun like five games every year. You know, where it's yep. like, oh shit, okay, we're doing this. All right, sweet. Uh, that's you know that could be a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're the Buccaneers, are you really like, yeah, we're going all in on Baker Mayfield? Like this is what's gonna, this is how we're gonna do it. Um, but I mean, if he beats the Eagles, you might have to. But that I don't think it's. I guess what I'm trying to get at, long-windedly, is like I don't think it's gonna be Baker. I think it's gonna be the fucking Eagles just like shooting their sticks off for no reason because <laughs> like something's <laughs> rotten in the state of fucking Denmark. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, but the Bucks are riding like a a four-game streak in which Baker has thrown nine touchdowns, one pick, and they and they're four and up. 
So he it's he the same as the Steelers, time. really, isn't it? It's like the almost the exact same like narrative as the Steelers coming in. So I guess I mean conventional wisdom says none of these things that were floating are gonna happen. And then like the Cowboys, the Chiefs, uh, the Browns, the Bills, the Lions, and the Eagles all win this weekend. And <laughs> wildcard weekend was a fucking dud, but that can't possibly happen, right? One of no. these things that we're that we're espousing here is gonna play out. Um, it's just a matter of what the most fun uh version of that is, but um, to find that out, you'll have to tune in uh, on Saturday and we're all going to be watching and talking and comparing notes and we'll be back next week to review these games and preview the divisional round. So it's football playoff time, everybody. I mean, these shows fucking make themselves for me. DK Sizzle for uh, the real BK Bob Kelly, who I hope is OK, reading my candlelight at the moment. And uh, and for Mike Marcangelo, thank you so much for for doing this. Um, listen to our other MTV Boston show that'll be out at some point this week, I'm sure. And uh, thanks. Football season almost over. MTP. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.